One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the Team's J Podcast. We are on episode 74. 74. Is yeah, it? It is I 74. It now. No, the Christmas one was 73. We're on 74 it's now. It's five episodes since Raymond was on. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, not that long ago. Hmm. It feels... This last month has been very long. December? I mean... Yeah. It, it feels kind of long for me, but that's just because I've been on vacation for the last two weeks. I was yeah, feel- I've been on the opposite. I've been working my act. Well, no, I actually haven't. I've kind of been on vacation. I've just been very, very busy. When I have a lot of work, I, time tends to fly by, but yeah. when I have a lot of free time, it tends to just coast. But mm. coming up on the end of that. Anyway, this is our New Year's episode. Um it is. All 2021 doubt, and this will go out on the first day of 2022, actually, because I think New Year's is on a Saturday. Um, yeah, maybe. We'll find out. Let's see if uh, our... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, actually. Yeah. But yeah, um, we don't have a terribly packed episode. This is one of those ones where we have a couple things to talk about, and we'll either rant and rave for hours, or it'll be a short episode. We'll find out. Uh, but, you know, we got a topic for top our for topic segment. Uh, media, we have both been watching things independently because Blue has been away for the holidays and I have been at my parents' place. I'm ready to put down some scathing reviews on a couple of films. Okay. I saw the classic film uh, Casino, which is three hours long. It's really good. I also saw a three hour long production. Okay. And then for segment three, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions in the grand tradition that is only one year old at this point. Yes. Is it? We did last year. Are these now? We don't, How long we, has this podcast been going? <laughs> all right, this is episode 74. There are 52 yes. weeks in a year, and we do okay, one a week. Okay, through a year and a half. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, we're a year and a half through. Um, right. So, after that somewhat jovial introduction, um, the topic I actually have for segment one is kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily grim. But Very it's upbeat for the new year, isn't it? A yeah. good start to 2022. I I wanted that? I wanted to talk about like uh, types of fear, right? Right. And when I'm thinking of types of fear, I'm thinking of like you have things that you're afraid of on a like a conscious level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are things that you're like instinctually afraid of. So like, so what would heights be? Because you're both of them. I mean, I think that would be an instinctual one because isn't like the animal brain knows if I fall, I'm dead. True, but then you are very much aware that I do not like edges. True, maybe that's maybe that's something that goes with both. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of like heights. I hate climbing down. Like, I I can climb up no I problem. Hate both I have of these things. <laughs> I have no problem looking over like high ledges and stuff like that. But climbing down like freaks me out, like climbing backwards down a ladder or um, it's weird. If I'm in an airplane, that's fine. I feel completely 100 percent safe. If I'm if I'm like on a climbing wall, just like three meters off the ground, I'm like <laughs> sticking to the wall. Uh Yeah, planes I only ever feel like as much flying as I do, I feel like a little bit nervous when we're first taking off, but once we're in the air, when we're landing or everything like that, I'm, you know, 
And it's not even like mm. nerves. It's like the like the excited like butterfly in the stomach kind of feeling. It's not like a negative feeling. Yeah. Talking of a um very much very much more toned down version of that, but certainly I experienced today. Mm. Is that I need to get back into cycling. Or rather I should say I need to get into cycling. Because <laughs> I've never really cycled before. Even though I've ridden motorbikes. Oh god, we had years. we had a giant reservoir um near my parents' place and yeah. There were like all kinds of like paths and um, dirt roads and stuff. So I did mountain biking all the time when I was a kid. Right. Well, I'm like just I was on, on there just like an hour or so ago, uh, just literally going up and down a quiet street, and I'm like the fucking handlebars are fucking shaking, <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, there's a car pulling out at one mile an hour. I'm going to stop and let them leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just. What's the, uh, the the phrase, you know, um, it's like riding a bike, meaning you can just get back on again and you'll be fine. Is that true? Well, like I said, I find riding a motorbike a lot easier than riding a bicycle. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's, it is easier to just remembering back when I used to ride bikes regularly. Um, hmm. I feel like it is a lot easier to, when you're up at speed, it's easier to keep your balance and stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. It's getting to that speed. On the initial rickety bit, like the, I feel like the initial push off is half the battle. Mm. Um, I'd be curious how shaky I'd be on a bike again because I haven't ridden a bike in like four or five years at this point. Um, oh, my, also, this, this bike has got like rust all over the framework. The, the things are falling apart. Wave at your hands. The grips—that's the word. Uh, it needs new lights, all sorts. Um, exciting stuff so i could be getting that does that count as a new year's thing is that my free pass <laughs> that that's your resolution to, to ride the bike more <laughs> to ride a bicycle at the age of mid-20s the age of however old i am mm. um yeah it's also, just... i'm terrible remember my age i literally forget a lot of time i do as well mm. once i passed like the last age that really had a significant impact on my life was probably 21. I debate that. I think it was 30 because at that point you're like, shit, I need to start getting on with my life and doing things while I'm still. But I was already <laughs> getting on with my life and doing things like I, you know, I, I, I own my own place. Like I have a nice job. The only thing I haven't done yet is start a family. <laughs> That's the real, the real important bit. You haven't got a dog yet, Kaiser. Uh yeah, but that's because I travel too much to have one. My parents have yeah. a dog, and that dog's basically mine too. So, and I go home often enough to play with it. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people, I'm, a lot of the families that I'm associated with have pets, and so I kind of just vicariously, yeah, see all their pets. <laughs> that's the thing. Oh hmm. man, but no. So like when I was the the other. Th part of this um that i was thinking of, that brought me to this was i was i can't remember what i was listening to or oh that's what it was. i was watching something yeah. and it was like some people they were they were out in a, like a very rural area where you have to worry about actual like wild animals and stuff and it's a real threat if you like run out of food or water or whatever and it just yeah. it made me think like not in england then 
But yeah, <laughs> you guys don't even have any wolves. We kill all those things, even though wolves aren't even that fucking dangerous. No. Even though every TV production makes them out to be the villains in everything. Yeah, that. Um, well, except um, except Game of Thrones. <laughs> They, yeah, they fucking do. Those diables can rip people in half. Yeah, but they're, they're friends with the little kids. Yeah, but they stole them as puppies. They didn't steal them as puppies. The mother was dead. They would have starved out there in the wilderness. Okay, they saved enough. them. By the way, you get my point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the reason I was just thinking about it is I feel like um, <laughs> the, the British countryside is a, is a very good example. of it. It's one of the most pacified countrysides out there because... There's really nothing out in the wild that can harm you there. Um, you can shit down. Yeah, I just I feel like when people don't have something to struggle against, something to actually like serious to worry about, smaller and smaller things like take up like a bigger and bigger portion of that part of your mind that is supposed to be devoted to keeping spiders it. next. <laughs> I can't get them all. So the UK without spot, then you'll have a problem with I don't know flies or mosquitoes or something. Yeah, probably. It's a nice um, thing. Yeah, I don't know. On. That that was that was really where my mind was going with it. I didn't really have. I wish I had like a concrete example of this. Hmm. Actually, you know what? I do have a concrete example of this. Social media, which yeah. we can rag on again. Like people don't have actual things to like worry and deal that they have to deal with in real life life is mm. easy enough that they can devote significant portions of their lives complaining and worrying about things that have nothing to do with them online yeah people care a lot about what other people think and I think you and me of all people are kind of the least we don't really worry about what people think of us yeah. To an extent. Like, the, the people we care about, we care about what they think. And well, yeah. sometimes we care about what random people think, but those, then we kind of just punch ourselves in the face and, you know, get on with our lives. But this is, this is a philosophy that I've tried to really embrace in my adult life, is that the way I've kind of always seen things is, you know, I'm going to deal with the shit that I have to deal with in my own life first. And if mm. I still have time left, then I'll deal with the shit. Now I'll help out friends and family. If I still have time left, then expand a little bit further than that. You know, maybe my coworkers or neighbors or something like that. And then yep. if there's still time left in the day, then I'll give a shit about random people like in my... Go out and kill some wolves. <laughs> Go out and hunt some wolves. I don't think we have wolves around here. We have coyotes. Oh. Um, there was a... No, that was complete tangent. Ignore me. I was going to talk about a game. Screw it. This isn't going anywhere. Is it at least a scary game? Uh, it's got zombies in it. That might count. It's not scary. Um, <laughs> it, it's a it's a top down. It's a third person top down um, zombie apocalypse game where, as far as I'm aware, there are no other humans, mm. and you're in like. An American place. An it's, like a, it's like a, it's like a national park, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. A bunch of like little villages and towns and buildings dotted all over it, and like I think they said something like 
over eighty percent of the world is dis- like is destructible, and oh. it all breaks down into materials. I think I know what game you're talking about. Yeah, I remember like, hearing you, about this. You find campfires, and then you can craft upgrades and new things. And I don't know why it, that sounds really generic, but it, I've been watching it, and it's really kind of grabbed me. Okay, there's destruction physics are something that multiple games have done well and multiple games have done horribly. Yeah. One of my first experiences with it was uh, Red Faction 2 on the PlayStation 2. And I remember enjoying playing this game because you could literally blow apart any wall. Eventually you mm. might get to like a hard boundary where there was an indestructible yeah. thing, but you could lit- if you had enough explosives, you could literally tunnel around locked doors. Uh, to get to other parts of the level. And they were fine with that. One of my favorite things to do in the game was just to start up a multiplayer match with myself and just get infinite trip mines and blow holes in the wall, like destroy the entire level. Because it was just, it was so cool because I'd never seen something like that before. Fast yeah, forward. Yeah, me, that was like Battlefield Bad Company 2. I don't know if you played that. I did not, but I had friends that had it. Oh, like, it was so fun. You destroy enough walls on a building and the whole building collapses. Um... And yeah, there's so many more opportunities for making tactical vantage points where there aren't any. Yeah, uh, there was fun. another Red Faction game, Red Faction Armageddon. It was for the mm. Xbox 360. That one also had it, but it was instead of you couldn't destroy the environment, you could destroy any building though. Like you, and they gave you a giant sledgehammer, so you could. It, rather than trying to get enemies out of a building, you could just knock out all the supports and watch the thing fall over with them inside. Is that why you like Sledge? <laughs> that, well, I mean, not because of that game, but that is why I like Sledge, because that was one of my favorite... Well, I mean, you remember, back when we played that game regularly, one of my Rhino favorite... Wall. I just blow yeah. apart every wall with the Sledgehammer. It was just he's so much fun. He's not lethal to the enemy team, he's lethal to the building. <laughs> I, you can't lock anything down. I make my own holes. <laughs> that didn't come out right. That was really awesome. <laughs> he made, that's his quote. That's what everyone will remember him as. Kind of I, like he made his own holes. God damn it. I was thinking of the, the line from um, Back to the Future where he's like, where we're I going, we don't need any roads or something like okay, that. Yeah. And I tried to make a quote out of that in my head and it just, it, it was a disaster. Uh, yeah. Um... I, well, I mean, so I've actually let, let's stay on that topic. You know, games that have been playing recently, because obviously Christmas just happened. There was mm. a lot of uh, gift giving and game exchanging. Um, and one of the ones that I got, I got a few and a, a multiples that I'm looking forward to trying. Um, yeah. But the first one that I uh, started playing through was Hollow Knight, which I know is kind of an older game at this point. It's basically um, like a puzzle platformer kind of game hmm. um 2d you play as this little bug creature and you've got a little stick to whack things with and you can jump around and that's all you have at first but as you progress through the game you eventually unlock a dash you unlock like a hadouken move uh you eventually unlock like a wall jump um so the game opens up and you can kind of see 
like the moment I got the wall jump, I was like, oh, now I can go here. Now I can go here. Now I can go here. And I knew yeah. there was going to be a dash at some point because I saw something. and I was like, there's got to be a dash to get you over there. And yeah. so I going through the world. It's not normally my kind of a game. Like I don't. Two, once once I moved to 3D, 2D kind of stopped being something that I was really interested in. Unless it's like top down. Because stuff like Factorio, I still really enjoyed. Um, well, it's a 2D based game. Yeah, it's a 2D based. Because yeah. you think about it, there's only two dimensions. You know, it's yeah, up, yeah, down, yeah. left, right. But I'm talking about like 2D platformers. Like games like this where it's like front on and then mm. you can really only go left and right and then jump up and down and stuff that's why i never really got into um oh uh terraria because that was a that was a big one that i tried multiple <sighs> times to get into My cousins really enjoyed it and yeah several other people really enjoyed it but it just was me but yeah <laughs> hollow knight been absolutely loving that game um i've been playing mario and rabbids <laughs> I know you sent me a screenshot of that graphical fuck up. Yeah, that that wasn't the first time that happened, and I just got really salty at that point and sent it to you. So Marion Rabbids is uh, take XCOM and put Marion Rabbids instead of your normal enforcers. Uh, that's literally the it's literally an XCOM game. Uh, so they've literally Mario. smashed three different franchises together. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a lot more forgiving than XCOM obviously um, the, the the rounds are like super easy to just restart when you fuck up um, yeah there's um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the Pokemon Unite how that's kind of like a more forgiving and easy going version of like of yeah. yeah of like HOTS or League or any other of the mm. more hardcore MOBAs I wouldn't even call Hots a hardcore version. I'd say Dota and League are. Yeah, Dota and League are the the like the super hardcore end of it. Although Hots are middle of the line. Unite's easy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But Unite's a console one, you can, and well, they had to be because it's also a mobile game. Yeah, which is always kind of, you know, but I'm sure it also means that they got so many more players. Because mm. what is it, men? typically get games on the PC, women typically play games on a mobile. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the last so time I... Both. Yeah, the last time I checked it, I think it was... Yeah, the the number Actually, of... No, not both, because obviously it's not on PC, it's on Switch. And I think, I don't know who has more on consoles, but I, f- I feel like the Switch has a lot of like Animal Crossing style games. Yeah. I'll shut up. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Um, you, you're not wrong about that statistic. I, if I remember right, it was like, if you, th- this was one of those like really misquoted statistics back in like 2014 or 2015, where they were right. like, there's, you know, there's just as many women gamers as male gamers. And then if you look at the, what they're playing, most of the people they were counting in that were women who played like mobile games they played like browser-based games like you know uh, farmville and stuff like that um it's just it's not like it's not a judgment it's just that you know is it what what they're in category really yeah it's just most most of the like and again the this 
statistic that I'm quoting is like five or six years old at this point. But at the time that they were gathering this data, like more women than men were casual gamers, like when they were gamers at all. But now I feel like everyone plays video games, period. Like, I just it's it's at least in the like the younger generation. Yeah, I was gonna say a certain generation. Um, what's things I have gone? Uh, but no, the Mario Rabbids it has the same things that you're talking about. Where as you progress through the game, you unlock abilities that mean you have to go back to the old levels. Mm. I kind of I, I'm not a massive fan of that to be honest because it it feels worked. like they're just padding runtime. It works for some games like Hollow Knight is following the uh, what the the Metroidvania style, mm. which again it's called that because it it the the style originally comes from you know the ga- the game was it super Metroid. was it Super Nintendo I was trying to remember what system they came out for I think it was Super Nintendo. I had them on the Game Boy Advance. But yeah, Castlevania and Metroid, where in Metroid you would find new locations on the map and new secrets as you unlocked new equipment. And um, Castlevania did something very similar. Um, But it works with those types of games because traversing the environment and going back and exploring and all of that is a fun part of the game. With XCOM, that's not really a thing. They were like self-contained levels, so it's well. It's that's the the not XCOM part. So when I say the XCOM, it's like the actual fights are mm. that. This is that there's between fights. You kind of walk to the next fight, and there's like chests that you need to pick up, pipes that you go down to find other chests, and little really easy puzzles. And don't get me wrong, it's a kids game. I get that, but I don't know. I feel like you could have completely cutting out the walking around between the fights bit, and it still would have been pretty much the same game. I don't think that that's an excuse calling something a kid's game and saying that it's an excuse for poor quality. Because I, I've I've heard that kind of... No, I mean, the, the, there are puzzles between them, and the puzzles are just so easy that... Yeah. Because they're aimed at kids, was what point. Gotcha. Okay. I was thinking of, I just, I hear that a lot that like, oh, you know, you don't like this movie, well, it's made for kids. Oh, you don't like this game, well, it's mm-hmm. made for kids. And it's yeah, like, I, mean. I, I don't think, that you can make like timeless classics that are fun for all ages. And there are some things that, yes, it's always going to be aimed at a child, like educational cartoons and whatnot. Um, but I, I think that you can make, at least, especially with games, you can make something that's fun for all ages. Well, do you remember... Back when you used to play Pokemon, mm-hmm. and there would always be those puzzles where you'd push an ice block on an ice floor to yeah. get into a position. I fucking hate those things. Yeah. And I saw that coming up in Mario, and I was like, oh, God. Spend 10 minutes pushing an ice block around a stupid fucking... Yeah, I, that's a good point. I, I actually... I had a lot more patience for those when I was a kid. Yeah. Um... I actually recently, because um, I I wanted something to do on my phone, I have a Game Boy emulator on there, and I recently beat the entirety of the original Pokemon Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting to those puzzles, again, to try and get, specifically to get through the fucking ice caves to get over to Cinnabar Island and get to the seventh gym, it was such 
a pain in the ass and I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Like every time I'd start up the game and I'm like, oh, where did I leave off? Oh, fuck. This is where I was. <laughs> it's like on average, every room or, or kind of, or, yeah, every room in a building in Pokemon should take about like 10, 15 seconds to actually traverse, excluding like the battles because yeah. then you're not actually in the room. When you get to one of those particular floors, that's like quintupled the amount of time you spend in that one room alone. Yeah, yeah, it's... <clears throat> I don't know, it's something that... I think the problem with those rooms was not necessarily the puzzles, but the fact that the puzzles are constantly being broken up with random encounters. I think it's because I've just seen it in so many games now since then that I'm just sick and tired of those kinds of puzzles. Yeah, the mechanic is very this old. This is hat. coming from someone who loves playing Minesweeper and Sudoku. <laughs> so, yeah. I True, but those... Sudoku and um, Minesweeper, the, the puzzles are always different. It's always, this, you're, it's always giving you a little brain teaser, something to figure out. You're doing the same thing every time, but it's unique every time. Well, I think also because you you move at your own pace when you're doing those kind of puzzles. Whereas when you're doing an ice block thing, you've got to move into a right place, you've got to push it, it's got to do that slow-ass animation of the ice block moving. You know what I mean? And there's yes. always a bit of delay, like you can't just instantly push it again. There's like a second where it's got to reset. Um, and then you like fuck it up and you're like, oh god, now I've got to spend an extra 15 seconds resetting it back to where it was. So that I can hit it and do it and then properly. Then you have to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was actually, I think we talked about it a while back. I talked about a uh, a Minecraft map that was made by the Yoscast, where it was like a two teams against each other, mm. and they're racing through these towers. And one of the towers has like three floors of that, but that's not as bad because a you're on a team, so you can tell someone else to fucking do it. <laughs> B it's like you've actually got like a real time limit and there's stuff attacking you while you're doing it. So there's distractions and there's stuff going on. It's not just you staring at a fucking boring ass puzzle repeatedly. So what I'm saying is they don't need to get rid of the puzzle. They just need to make them better or at least different. Yeah. Better or different or just like... Uh, I did not think this is where the podcast was going. <laughs> no, but just it, it's a good point. Like there are some old mechanics and ways that games were that okay i'm going to use an example that was made by um yahtzee from the zero punctuation mm. series uh he was talking about silent hill 2 and he was talking because he fucking loves that game he's right. always you know raving was always raving about it whenever he was talking about a horror game he made the point that like kind of the the, the shitty draw distance um gave almost more atmosphere because they put in the fog so you couldn't tell if there was a zombie just off camera and kind of the 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 shitty controls almost added to the like the horror in the situation yeah stumbling around yeah so that's an example of something that if they ever remade or remastered that game taking those aspects away might actually make the game experience worse Having not played it, I don't. It sounds like just really shitty mechanics, but I'm sure. But again, it's it. It depends. But the point I'm trying to make is arguably, in that case, taking those technological limitations, those shitty aspects away, could make the experience worse. I haven't played the game. I'm going off the opinion of another person. 
But mm. what we're talking about here with these block puzzles, they were like kind of shitty and slow and everything because of the limitations of the technology at the time. We've moved past that technology. They can make them a lot more easy and a lot more um, not easy, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Smooth. Like yeah. take away the insanely long transition times for the blocks take away like hmm. the worst aspects of it to make it so it's actually I don't know, doable in a reasonable yeah, amount of time the, instead of actually being there physically pushing the block in any direction have it like you're in a crane or something so you can literally just click up to move the block up and then right or whatever just so it just cuts out that walking around time that no one fucking enjoys or maybe um, we're just, uh, you know, as adults, we've just gotten a lot more impatient. Yeah, probably. I told myself that. So I, we got, um, Alicia and I got uh, Pokemon Diamond for the Switch this Christmas. And I told myself and I told her that I wouldn't play past the point that she was at. Mm. And she's and moving slowly. She is moving slowly, yes. And she was... Um, having like a, a a morning nap for like two hours and i got to the point where she was and i was like crap now i have nothing to do uh, when she woke up i had two ba gym badges more than <laughs> so you couldn't wait <laughs> <laughs> i also had the bike the underground ability i'd learned cut <laughs> And I'd entered myself into those um, dance competitions that you get in Diamond and Pearl. See, this is this is what um, actually killed uh, Valheim for me. Was like, yeah, it was like I, I started too. playing it, and then I had like a busy work week, and by the time I got back, you guys had like a skull fortress and had already sailed the ocean blue and killed the Norse god of fucking around. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I've killed the god of fucking around, so you couldn't play anymore. <laughs> so, so I got in, and I was just completely lost. I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah, that, I, that's kind of done. Yeah. Some games you can jump back in and kind of be okay with that. You know, Minecraft's a good example of that because you know you can kind of go off and do your own thing. Um, depending on Factorio, really I, isn't. Um, like Riddick says. One pace, and that's mine. <laughs> if we're playing like a co-op game where it literally, like uh, Legion or like Overcooked, where you have to be in the same level at the same time, yeah, that's the kind of co-op games I like. When the co-op games are for like, the Kings, another good example. Yeah, exactly. When the game's like, all right, you can literally do whatever you want, like Minecraft, for example. Hmm. You could have two bases and one person could be at the fucking diamonds when the other one's at iron. Yeah. But in that case, it really won't matter too much because you, if you don't like the fact that that guy's already got, like, you know, a giant diamond penis hanging off his fortress and, you know, a crazy redstone contraption that makes life easy, you could just walk a hundred blocks in another direction and start again and build your own cool thing. You can kind of do that with Valheim. You could, but that game did have, like, story aspects to it, and there were... I don't know. I could just be biased, because I've played a lot more Minecraft, and so I knew that I could just go off and do my own thing. But with yeah. 
Valheim, not so much. Valheim, I didn't see it. There's no more story in Valheim than there is in Minecraft, I'd say. In fact, there's probably more story in Minecraft because, you know, there's the Ender Dragon and the... But, yeah, that that's all been added recently. I've still never done any of that stuff. Recently? Gosh, it's been like 10 fucking years. <laughs> you gotta realize, I started playing Minecraft in, like, 2008 when all, like... Just having enough resources to, like, I don't know, make bread or a cake or something took, like, yeah, some real doing. I think that was the biggest thing in the game. I, I remember playing before there was achievements in the game, and, yeah. But it, it's, there's been an M-Dragon for a very long time, mate. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, rather than talking about Minecraft, um, I think... God help us. We're just ranting about games. I do want to tease one thing before we move on to segment two because you know no one will be able to see this, but I'll hold this up. I, I hold in my hands mm. a PlayStation 1 memory card that I got when I was at home. Yeah. Um, one thing that Blue and I are planning on doing uh, for an upcoming thing on the channel is uh, playing through a classic game that both of us really enjoyed for the PlayStation 1, and that's uh, Digimon World. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got my PS1 in that chest behind me i've got a memory card now keep gaming the shit out of this also you can see in my like really shitty childish handwriting what's on this this memory card um beast wars reboot and digimon i don't know what beast wars is uh it was a sequel to transformers okay so uh beast wars transformers it was a cgi um tv series when i was a kid Hmm. basically the original so it was, um, they they transformed into animals instead of cars and stuff. Speaking of Digimon, yeah, uh, my brother and I are both massive Digimon buffs, and he sent me saying the other day in Japan at the moment they're coming out with these like Fitbit watches kind of things, yeah, which are like the original uh, Digivice is. So you can grow your Digimon from eggs while working out and stuff. I really want one of those, actually. They're, they're getting them. They're I don't. Them. I, I've never wanted a Fitbit because I just thought it seemed kind of silly. Um, but now you got a reason to. <laughs> well, yeah, if they make a game out of it. So when I was actually, I got one, one more, one more story. Um, <laughs> when I was uh, in in grade school, still, I don't remember how old I was. I want to mm. say I was in middle school. Um, but my my mother actually, they had the the little. It was like one of those little Tama, Tamadachi things, but it was it was Pikachu. Yeah, my brother. It, well. Yeah, my mother had one, <laughs> and she didn't play the games, but I did. So she would, but she would have it for like walks and workouts and stuff, and she loved it playing with the little Pikachu. I just got flushed down the toilet accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a dead goldfish. <laughs> No, I mean, I think it was in someone's pocket and it went down the toilet. Yeah, I know what you meant, but my, my mind went to like an actual Pikachu. <laughs> we were waterboarding Pikachu and we slipped. Oh my god. That's really fucked up, but I don't know why I'm laughing so hard. Um, but Elva Tamagotchi's went that way eventually at some point. Yeah. I think I might still have my original Digivice at home somewhere. Oh, really? I, I, I had a... I think I had a blue one. It was either blue oh. or red, because that was those were the only two colors. 
Maybe there was a gray one. I don't remember. Anyway, okay. we're ju- we're just going we're going down a nostalgia <laughs> rabbit going hole. Anyway, and then like we'll make it mean something. <laughs> so, I want everyone to realize that this segment started with us talking about fear and oh. ended with flushing Pikachu down the toilet. <laughs> Pikachu has the fear now. Oh my god. All right, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment. And this time, I'm the one that screwed Blue up before we hit record. Um, I, I realized I had only started one of the so the way i record this is i have the primary recording which is just my voice and then i have a backup recording which is both of our voices in case one of our mics fuck up um, one of us <laughs> yeah, which uh it's usually blue um but this time i did i realized i didn't have the backup starting and so i had to go like wait wait no don't hit record yet mm. anyway yeah so we've each independently watched a few different movies um, what were you? Oh, looked- the fuck happened to your TV in the background? Sorry. Oh yeah. So th- there's an old my my computer that's hooked up to my TV, which you guys can't see, but Blue can see because he we have our cameras on. It's like smashed. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, the microphone I use to record whenever we're doing something on the TV. That microphone yeah. you can see on the tripod behind me. I had the wire from that one across the room going to that desktop, and I tripped over it, and it pulled the monitor down, and it smashed on the floor. And now it just blinks on and off with random shit. Yes. I, I need to... I Honestly, I'm, I'm just leaving mm. it. It's already broken, so if it falls again, you know, who cares? Um, I need to find another place it to... It just became a rather expensive Christmas decoration. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's Sorry, actually... It's actually not supposed to turn on and off like that. It it it's There's something wrong with the wiring in the desktop, so the desktop will randomly just turn itself on. Mm. Um, I but I'm too lazy to fix it. So whenever I see it turn itself on, I just turn it back off again. Huh. I'm in a constant battle with the ghosts and the machines in my house. Um, but that thinking... is this is this is not random shit in Kaiser's background segment. This is media segment. So what what were you watching this week? <laughs> well, this is a completely different tangent from even that, but it's kind of the same. Um, I was watching a video earlier, and someone pointed out a very good point. Um, how is the Gremlins a Christmas movie? I don't know. Does it happen at Christmas? Yeah, I think the first Gremlin was meant to be a Christmas present. But does that is that enough to make it a Christmas movie? You say Die Hard's a Christmas movie, okay? Yeah. It's very... It's a Christmas, there's a Christmas party. He says, ho, 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 now I've got a gun. There's snow. Oh, well, if there's snow... <laughs> how is it not Christmas movie? How is Gremlins, which is basically a horror flick for kids? I I don't know. Anyway. I I the Christmas when I think Christmas movie, I think like The Grinch, the original animated one. I think like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I think Frosty the Snowman. Um. What else did we used to watch at Christmas? I think that's really it. Those were like the three big ones that I remember. There's that movie, A Christmas Story, which I hate. 
Um, I never saw it as a kid, which is why when I watched it as an adult, I was like, not even as an adult. I think I was 16 or 17 the first time I saw it, and it just pissed me off. Mm. Anyway. anyway, that's not what we had to talk about. Yeah, yeah what, so. was, what was the movie you watched? We're, we're off topic, and we're not even four minutes into the segment. I had to, uh, I had to, and yes, I am using the word had to, um, watch Elf this Christmas. Is that the one with the awkward com- comedy guy? The fucking man child, yeah. Yeah, that one. Okay. Okay. I know um, I know the movie. He can be funny, but he's really not my kind of comedy. Oh, and Will Ferrell, right? Will Ferrell, yeah. It's just the same joke throughout the entire yeah. film in my opinion. I really I can't find Elf. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a, I've seen the movie. I'm not a huge fan of it. Well, there was a couple of good jokes, but it was surrounded by just a, the, the man-child thing. Just gets yeah so tiring so fast. Will Ferrell, um, he and you're right. He can be funny because you know the SNL Celebrity Jeopardy segments. Yeah. Um, so he played Alex Trebek on those segments, and he did a really good job. He was actually I found his character. Like really, really funny when he goes for the, like that deadpan kind of humor. Mm. Um, but you're right; I've seen him in other movies like that where he plays a man child. Uh, Step Brothers, I think, is the one I'm thinking of, and it just I find it really grating. Is it Step Brothers with Arnie and? No, you're thinking of I think it's called like Twins or something like that, where oh, yeah, it's yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger and then the, the yeah. Danny DeVito. Danny I think DeVito. it is. Yeah. yeah, that that movie's funny. It is funny. Um, but anyway, yes, so, I don't know, I haven't got much to say about Elf. Um, the, the, the girl that he gets mm. is just feels like really oddly stuck in there, the story. She doesn't really fit with anything. She's just kind of there to look pretty and then... And then have him find romance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the father was probably the most interesting character in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, although their sudden, complete one eighties in a in strong life opinions, uh, magic of Christmas, yeah. la 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 la, all turned out well. <laughs> um, that is the plot to Elf. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I got much. Of the, yeah. No, the the movie I was thinking of uh, that I <laughs> that Will Ferrell was also in with the Step Brothers one is another one like that where it's just like every a, a good number of the jokes is just hey look at this big man child isn't it funny that he hasn't grown up and is so immature mm-hmm. it just yeah it gets grating after a while and if you find that funny then you know the whole movie's great if you don't it's really painful to watch. Very Marmite. Yeah. Which isn't a thing here. Yes, but you still know the phrase. I know, yeah. Well, I know what Marmite is, and I know exactly, yeah. Okay. Mm. Movie I watched. So we actually watched quite a few movies when I was at home. um, Because we, you know, there was an ice storm here, so we couldn't actually make it up to New Hampshire to see the rest of the family for Christmas. So we're, we're going up there eventually, but... Because of that, we ended up having Christmas in, 
and uh, ended up just, you know, watching some movies. And one of them we watched, which was three hours long. I didn't realize how long this movie was, uh, was Casino. And it's a movie that I'd heard quite a bit about before, but think like, um, have you seen the movie uh, Goodfellas? So it's like, think like Goodfellas meets Ocean's Eleven. So I it's a, Ocean's Eleven, ironically, but it, it's you know, <laughs> bank heist, it's a heist. Vegas yeah. kind of movie. But it's yeah. like not not the heist part of it, but the just like you know casinos and Vegas and you know mm. all that kind of stuff combined with like the the backroom mafioso kind of stuff and the the families and all that. Yeah, but it's also got a lot of like tongue in cheek humor, you know, throughout the whole thing, where every time they're talking about the mafia, it's very like deadpan, and so they'll they'll the whole movie is narrated by the two main characters, which is um, uh, Joe Pesci, and which my, my dad and I were talking about this. Joe Pesci is one of the most typecast actors out there. Like he just always plays the same short angry mafia guy yeah like in everything he's in even the movies where he's not in the mafia like um uh what is it uh uh, my cousin Vinny, which also a great movie he plays a lawyer from that but he plays like a like a a sarcastic like from the streets lawyer from jersey and it just it i don't know it's the same sort of thing anyway narrated by him and then Oh, why can't I? Robert Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro. Yeah, that's the other guy. He's the other main character. And Mm. he also narrates. So the two of them are narrating the whole movie as they go through. And then, of course, it's actually, you know, them. But basically, they're both from the same, like, mob family. Robert De Niro plays this this, uh, Jewish guy from the, the area who, like, gets involved with the mafia because he, like, he is just able to go in like horse racing, sports betting, whatever. He just, he always has like some kind of inside info that means he knows who's going to win. Yeah. And um, the mafia takes an interest in that. And then they eventually, and they put Joe Pesci in charge of making sure no one fucks with him. And the two of them have that dynamic for a long time. And then they, when they start having interests in Vegas, they put him in charge of a casino, uh, Robert De Niro. And the whole movie is kind of the buildup as they they are making tons of extra money for the mafia and you know they're enjoying vegas and then things start they get a little bit not necessarily too greedy but like joe pesci decides he's gonna start doing other crimes which gets him in trouble and that shines some lights on robert de niro because he's like um they're they're known to be friends with each other and so yeah. when they're looking into joe pesci now they're looking into him why is he running a casino without a license and all this stuff yeah, um, classic gangster film stuff yeah and um you know robert de niro ends up you know going after this woman for a trophy wife and she ends up being a complete shambles and that causes all kinds of issues and I feel like that that's kind of the cause to a lot of these gangsters' downfalls in movies, isn't it? Yeah. They go for the trophy wife. Yeah. And that always bites them in the ass. Well, that's what happened in uh, Scarface. Yeah. I mean, not to the same extent, but, you know, 
like she didn't really cause his downfall, but she also went to be a shambles at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, just and the uh, Kelly Bebo. <laughs> That's, that's not the same thing. Because um, that, that woman was actually competent. In the anime. I'm not talking about the live action shit show that you watched. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, the, the movie was great. It was, three, it was three hours long, but I was never bored watching it. Like, it was thoroughly entertaining from beginning to end. Hmm. And a lot of the plot points I kind of could predict coming... But a few of them, like, I honestly, like, there was a point in the movie where I was like, that is going to bite this person in the ass so hard. And it sort of did, but in a very different way than I predicted. Like, the the whole trophy wife thing, the woman is like a a con artist. Like, she's kind of, um, not, I guess sort of a con, like, she's, you know, she beguiles people with her looks and charms. Yeah, she she hooks herself on to like somebody who comes in there with a lot of money in the casino, and she just you know why not their load? He, well, exactly. She makes sure that like they're constantly gambling and they think they're having a great time, but she's the one who's profiting. Like she they'll they'll give her chips to gamble with, and she'll just pocket them or something like that, or yeah. she'll maybe steal something from them when they're not looking and whatnot, and they'll lose all their money at the tables, but she'll walk away with extra jewels or money or whatever um and yeah i i assumed that when she's the trophy wife so i assumed that when like he married her that she was gonna rob him blind or something like that and that doesn't happen um she ends up screwing him over in a very different way and for a very different reason but um i don't know great movie a lot of the plot points are predictable they they actually kind of almost laugh at themselves during the movie for some yeah. of the the mob stereotypes they're using they also wholesale rip off a couple scenes and a couple lines from other mafia movies but they do it in such an obvious way that I you mean, could Robert s- De Niro is in all of the mafia movies anyway so so a- after the movie I was looking through uh, like on IMDB trivia about the movie yeah and first of all it's all based on a true story okay. and um he the guy robert de niro plays in the movie or the guy he's based on actually met with him and they they went over the character and everything and the movie's based on a book that came out kind of simultaneously with the movie hmm. and the guy that robert de niro's character is based on the the author reached out to him because he wanted to talk to him and the guy was like yeah i'm not really interested but he's like oh but the mo- the book's going to be adapted to a movie and you know robert de niro's going to be playing you and then suddenly the guy's like oh yeah i'll talk to you about the book um, because apparently the guy had seen Goodfellas and loved that movie and loved Robert yeah. De Niro in it. And so he was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be played by him. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah it's yeah. been a good, good gangster film. Oh, it's, it's, if you have, it's a very long movie. So if you have mm. time, it's, it's a great watch and very entertaining. Um, well. there's also some amazing uh, quotes from Joe Pesci in it. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, God. Amazing. There's, yeah, there's some great one-liners, and there's some really funny scenes in it, too. Like, it, it's not it's not a super serious gangster movie, but it's also not a comedy. It's just... just a good movie. I'll, that, I'll stop there. What, what was the other thing you were watching? 
yeah, I also watched a three-hour film. Uh, um, go on. What did you say? I don't know. Go okay. on. Um, and at first, when I heard about it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a bit, bit of a snooze fest. But it turned out to be really good, in my opinion. And that was The Sound of Music. Oh. I've yeah. only seen it in play form. Oh, really? I've never seen the movie. So you know what it's about, then? I do know what it's about, yes. Okay. So, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen this film from the 90s. Uh, it's uh, it's about a, a lady who is trained to be a nun, basically. And big spoilers, the hills are alive. Yes, they are eating people. It's a horror. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll um, <laughs> So... Um, they have some quite funny scenes at the beginning between the nuns, and yeah. um, the, basically, this nun in training is uh, sent off to be a. Is the word matron? It's not matron. A babysitter, basically, for a very affluent family, mm. where the mother died. I can't remember how. I think matron actually might be the right word. Might be. Um, the the mother died, and so it's just the father who is an ex uh, Austrian naval captain. It's not captain, it's naval officer else. of some variety. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's sent along there, and she arrives at the house, not thinking it's going to be this massive fucking mansion. Oh, the whole thing is set in Austria, by the way, in the. Uh, just before World War Two, mm. and so she gets there, and the children are being like uh, treated as though they were Navy um, crewmen on a ship. Their their father is very very strict. He's a stern disciplinarian. Yeah, yeah, uh, and essentially while the father is off busy doing other things she is slowly giving them their childhoods back mm. um, and even though the kids like play some tricks on her at first in you know the, it, it's very i think nanny mcphee style where yeah. except where nanny mcphee would say all right if you do if you don't do what i say you get in the stick if you do do it, I say, you get the carrot. Sound of music is more like, have a lot of carrot. I don't think yeah. there's really ever any, any backlash from her. No, but yeah, it, it kind of, um, it's one of those things she's adapting to what the, the kids need. Because if the dad's been like stern disciplinarian, you yeah. know, they, they've got plenty of stick. They need carrot. True, true. Um, yeah, so she makes them clothes out of old drapes. And teaches them how to sing, um, which is, I mean, there's a lot of good songs in the movie, but that's kind of one of the ones that um, sticks out is the doe, a deer, a female deer. Ray, a drop of golden sun. Yes. And uh, yeah, really good music and, the, you know, very positive. The kids are doing things that they've never done before. They're kind of meant to be doing as kids, like climbing trees and yeah singing dancing going on a boat yeah. generally getting into trouble 
father comes back from Vienna with uh, a baroness and uh, a muse, I guess. I don't know what his actual job is. He's just kind of there. Okay. Do you know? I, I don't. E- I don't even remember the character you're talking about. Okay, so this guy who's like uh, all about arts and and music and stuff like that. And okay. so he, he comes back from Vienna with them. And the whole thing is that the father is going to marry the Baroness because they're both single. Um, but the Baroness is a bit of a bitch. Um, and yeah, so inevitably the father instead falls in love with the nun. Mm-hmm. As Not you nun. do. Yeah. The nun freaks out and is like, I'm a nun, this isn't my thing, and just strip leaves. And then is told to get her ass back over there by the head nun. Uh, and so there's like, uh, oh, so when the kids, the, the father's like, basically before that, sorry, the father gets back from Vienna with Baroness, finds that his kids are like, acting like urchins and essentially fires the nun I was say nurse nun and but then he hears the kids singing and mm. it, it in a Grinch like style his heart grows I was just thinking the same thing and his heart grew four sizes that day yeah he uh, joins in with the singing it's very very heartwarming scenes um and yeah they they're allowed to put on a puppet show and a bunch of other stuff and she's allowed to stay on then she fucks off because he's fallen in love with her hmm. and she's fallen in love with him okay so Brief interruption there. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about how um uh, right they, they, she left she, she left came back. yeah because love and whatnot yeah, so the the first first half of the film is all about you know song and dance and romance. Mm. Oh, and there's um the the boy who delivers the letters oh, yeah. uh, is in love with the eldest daughter of the house, mm-hmm. and she's in love with him. Yeah, but you know it's Romeo and Juliet esque. They can't be. I use the word esque too much. Um, I use it a lot too. They can't be together because the father wouldn't be okay with it. And throughout this, they also keep dropping hints that the father has obviously either fought against or is just very opposed to the German regime at the time. I was going to say, I remember Nazis being a part of this. That's why I said all the dancing and the nice happiness and romance happened in the first half. Second half comes around and they're married. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baroness is gone. Yeah, of course. Because um, love. Yeah. They put her off a balcony. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, the Anschluss is happening. Yeah. Um, for those that... Guys, want, yeah, for those yeah, that don't... don't. <laughs> yeah, that, that was where, um, like, Germany began to absorb... Uh, well absorb various 
German speaking areas, which in this case, Austria. Mm. Uh, yeah, and the, the naval captain was like, fuck the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, and so he got sent a. So, no, they, they were actually at a. Um, they were practicing because the, the kids were really good at singing. And the muse guy, the guy who's really good at arts and stuff, wanted to enter them in a competition. They were out practicing. And they get delivered a letter from the letter boy. Who is no longer, oh, you look wonderful today. He's like, nine. I, Hitler. Oh, I, uh, the letter boy becomes a Nazi, doesn't he? He does. He becomes very, and he doesn't give a shit about the girl anymore. Um, yeah. It's very brutal scene where she's like trying to be like, oh, it's so good to see you again. He's like, it's all about the party. Yeah. Have you seen my new and, boyfriend, Hitler? <laughs> I'm going by mustache like you. Um, yeah, there the... were. Um, so I actually uh, just a, a little bit of historical anecdote here. Um, the like the Nazis were fairly thorough in how they they brainwashed you know the youth as it were. Um, there there are anecdotes and things of where like you had children who were part of like the Hitler Youth who would go back home and their their parents would, would say so there was a in, an incident where a mother said something negative about the Nazis and the the kid attacked her yeah um because that was what they were brainwashed so this this bit right here where the letter boy has you know kind of been indoctrinated very quickly yeah that's um that's very historically accurate yeah so they go home to the family sorry the the family the kids mm. finish their practice they go home and they hand this note to their father and the note says you need to come to this place at this time and join up with the uh, Nazi naval army. Yeah. Oh, a whole bunch of words that didn't technically make sense. <laughs> I knew um, what you meant. Yeah. So they wanted the guy to join the army. Maybe. Um, and he's like, God no, I'm not doing that. Uh and so he tries to sneak out of the house in the middle of the night without any of the servants knowing mm-hmm. of his family. Uh, and then, But they're caught literally beyond the front game, gate because some guy's, some Nazi asshole is standing there with like, expecting him to try and sneak away. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no, we're not sneaking away. We're going to this performance to perform. What, did they escape with music? Well, sort of. So they go to the performance mm-hmm. and they are escorted there by the Nazis. Mm. And they get up on stage. I and mean, instead of just being the kids, it's the whole family. The mother and the father are there as well. Let me. And they're singing. And then the father does his own song, which is the, the Idlewise song. And I don't know what Idlewise means. All I know. All I knew previously about Idlewise was about the Idlewise pirates. So I was like, is this like super anti-Nazi that they're just being very forward with? Or is it just a place? It it might just, I'm pretty sure it's just a place because I think that means white island in German. Weiss is island. Or no, sorry, Weiss is white. But I'm going to look that up. Keep keep going. 
Do you know about the Edelweiss Pirates? I do, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so then oh. when they run out, go on. It's, so I was right about the first uh, the first part of the... or I was right about Vice, obviously. That's white. But mm. it actually is a type of mountain flower. And it's it's yeah. a tiny white flower that grows in the mountains of Europe. Hmm. Probably in Austria. Probably in Austria. <laughs> uh, and then, yes, yeah, so while the, the name's being read up, who the best performance was, they sneak out the back and there was an epic chase scene with the family in one car and like three cars of Nazis. Mm. Uh, so they get so this is the thing I don't understand. They had a head start and then they decided to drive to the it's not the parish it's not the nunnery the place where the nuns are anyway. Nunnery is the convent. I don't think it's even that. I think it was, they called it something else. Anyway. Okay. Um, I just, I believe where nuns live, at least in Catholic practice, is, is called a convent. Yeah. So they get there, and they're hiding, and the nuns are giving them shelter. Yeah. And uh, so they're hiding in a graveyard behind like these cages. And the Nazis are forced their way in, basically, and just searching all over the place. And they're in the great the Nazis are searching the graveyard. They rattle the cages. They didn't see anything. They're walking away. There's one guy that's still in the grave one Nazi that's still in the graveyard. And the family step out from behind the tombstones. Mm. It's like, I see you. Is the Nazi the, the little boy? Letter boy? Nazi's the letter boy, yeah. Uh he's pointing a gun at the father and he's like, They only want you. Um, and the father just keeps walking towards him he's like you're not going to pull the trigger on me and the boy like kind of crumples at the end it, the guy the father takes the gun off of him and he, the father's like this is a really interesting part I think the father says see you're, ne you're never going to be like them hmm. which I think was meant in a nice way but the boy obviously takes it as an insult. never going to be strong enough to be a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, because he's the boy starts go. No, no, yeah, because he sees it as like everything that they do is is positive. He's aspirational to be part of this this glorious Third Reich, and mm. you know it. So, but whereas the father who's seeing it as like basically the conquest of Austria by a foreign power, he's saying that you're not going to be like them. You're not going to be these conquerors who come in and. Yeah, you know. shoot people indiscriminately. Yeah, um, yeah. So the boy starts shouting and screaming and blowing the whistle. The others rush into the cemetery, the the funeral car that was parked up. Hearse. Yes. And they drive away towards the mountains, and the Nazis run to their cars, but the nuns have sabotaged all the Nazis' cars. It's so random. It's such something, a random comedy bit. <laughs> something makes me like just laugh about the idea of nun saboteurs. Well, that's it. They're like the, it switches to like before the Nazis get in the car. It's just like the head head nun and the two immediately underneath her, and the two underneath her are like, "Forgive me, mother, for we have sinned." <laughs> they're holding up like 
a tire iron and a bunch of like, oil and stuff. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, and then the film really abruptly ends with the Idlewise family just in the mountains. Walking they get away. Them. I mean, they couldn't really go much further than that because, it, like, it, it would be dark for a long time before it actually got to be like a, a you know a positive ending. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's already a three-hour film. But yeah, yeah, really good film, really good music. Yeah, I like a bit of history. I'm surprised how much of, I, of that I remembered because it it has literally been more than two decades since I saw that play. Yeah, um, I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. It, it was a long, long time ago. But yeah, just, I, I, <laughs> sorry, the saboteur nuns. I don't know if you remember Honestly, this. The nuns are the funniest part, like at the beginning and at the end. <laughs> Oh god. Which yeah. is which is kind of interesting because I feel like a lot of the times when nuns get portrayed in um like media it, they tend to be very serious and like they're the, the overly stodgy characters. I don't know about that. All right, I guess it depends. Whoopi Goldberg in uh, Sister Act. I never saw that. But yeah. I don't know. Whoopi Goldberg is is awesome. I actually I didn't realize this for until I actually watched the series for myself. But she's she plays a fairly not major, but she's in it quite a bit in Star Trek: Next Generation. Uh, yeah, she she plays a like a root. Uh, what is it? A recurring character in that series, um, and she's quite good in it. And it's it's not like a comedy role. It's actually a fairly serious role. She plays like this um, kind of matronly. Uh, confidant for characters like the pe- the person people come to talk to, not like a psychologist or a, HR. Not no, not like HR. Like she actually helps them. <laughs> Clip it, ship it. We're done. <laughs> oh. oh, but yeah, no, really good movie. And no, like I was going into it thinking, oh, it's gonna be boring. It's gonna be. What? Prolicking in the hills. It, it's actually very interesting that we both watched two kind of classic, both three-hour-long films mm. about very different things, and they were both like entertaining from beginning to end. It's hard yeah. to make a movie that like most movies are between an hour and a half and two hours long because of Shakespeare. Like he kind of set the standard with how long you could keep an audience occupied and watching the same thing, which is why all his plays come to around that length between an hour and a half and two and a half hours long go in any longer than that and it's hard to keep asses in seats yeah if i'd had to sit through three hours of elf i think i would have killed myself <laughs> it depends on the movie yeah you have to have something to say um, yeah. um but no. great movie all right well no need to uh, belabor the point any further um God, it's movie night. Is it my choice for movie night next? Because the, the last one was you with Batman. I think <laughs> I come after you. So then yeah, me and then Alicia. So I got to yeah. think about what we're doing for that one. Um, I'm tempted maybe to just do the Dark Knight, keep the Batman thing going, because that's a really good movie. But who knows? All right. What? Oh, you, you lifted a finger. You had something to say. <laughs> so what we, the, the, when, when I said we watched The Sound of Music, it was between two... So, Alicia's mum and Alicia wanted to watch Sound of Music. Alicia's dad wanted to watch Zulu. 
which you haven't seen. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it. It's got Michael Caine in it. That might be something that we have to watch then. We watch so much shit with Michael Caine these days. Batman, Man Who Would Be King. He's a man of the good. God, I, I gotta rewatch that movie. That was just yeah. another Has movie that was. I've seen that film because I feel like it's something that he might. My dad? Uh, no, I don't think he has. Maybe that, that might be something that I um, I have us watch the next time I'm home. But yeah. Anyway, yes. Yeah, let's, let's, let's close it out. We got to talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, Indeed. That's what's coming up next. But uh, this is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. And you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card, and this week is New Year's. And so what I wanted to do, talk about New Year's resolution from last year and, uh, you know, how we did, if we did accomplish it or didn't, uh, talk about what we're thinking about for New Year's resolutions for next year. And then if there's time left over, which I don't know how much time that's actually going to take up, we just start you know, rhapsodizing about New Year's resolutions in general. If there's still time, I thought we could do a uh, look back and just kind of go through some of the podcast topics we've talked about this year and see what we do and don't remember, like what things we think were good, what were shit. Just just kind of like a end of the year retrospective. Because um, we have, this is the first complete year that we've done the podcast. Proof. Um, can you remember what you, I, I can remember... One of mine, which was keep the Twitter going. <laughs> so I know mine because I've actually kept a, a log of it. Uh, not like just the fact that we recorded it and put it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I was meant to keep the Twitter going, but frankly, I feel like that was like saying, this year I'm going to punch myself in the arm once a day. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really. Yeah, a lot of the time, New Year's resolution should really be something. In my opinion, it should be something that is positive. Either you know you get healthier, it's something positive. Just you, you should come out the other end a better person in some way or another based on the resolution. Yeah, I was I was also looking at. uh, I think I was talking about fitness a bit last time, Hmm. and. Yes and no is the answer. I have done a lot more fit things this year. I've done a lot of climbing and uh, a lot of is it cardio? Yeah. If you're talking about like running and stuff like that, that's cardio. No, the other one. Oh, cow! That's oh god. <laughs> I don't actually remember what you're supposed to call that. I want to say bells and press ups and calisthenics and Pilates. Um, yeah, what was that twitch? <laughs> I saw the fucking cheeks twitch like a fucking full gerbil. It's me trying not to laugh at Pilates. There's nothing wrong with Pilates. I just find I the a word fantastic ass. All right, <laughs> I find the word funny. Fair enough. Yeah, I um, I I'm, I'm doing uh, Alicia's workouts now. I'm joining her for them in the in the morning sometimes. Nice. I actually just started um, going out, and I've I've also kind of let my cardio falter this year. In 2020, I was doing a ton of it because uh, me and one of my other friends were doing a thing where we were we set a target of running 10 miles a week, 
which is yeah. fairly manageable if you run two or three times a week. And, you know, some weeks didn't, but kept track of it all year. What I did this year, I didn't do that. And so at, thus my cardio has fallen off. But running, running recently, my mile times are kind of crap now. I'm, I'm setting like well, a 10. You're okay when you get the Digimon watch. That's true. <laughs> that, that will be a lot. I'm, I'm fighting for Gabumon. Um, but no, my news resolution last year. And the reason I know that I, I know what it was and I know that I accomplished it is I kept and these these notebooks that I have for the podcast and I also take D&D notes. It's basically my notebook for anything. Um, hmm. This is this is the second one that I've gone through. Um, but every day, my, my goal was every day before I eat breakfast, I need to do something productive at least four times a week. So I said I tried to make it manageable. So four times a week I wake up. Because I, I knew there was going to be sometimes I couldn't. Like, I have to eat breakfast and get out the door to go to work or something like that. Um, but I tried to make it manageable like that. And it, it could be anything productive. So it could be like, you know, taking out the trash, taking out the recycling, you know, vacuuming my, you know, my floor. Could be doing a workout. Could be... So, like, and I, I just kept track of it every day in the book. So I'll have, like, you know, 14th of December. I loaded the dishwasher and you know, broke down a bunch of recycling and then took out the recycling, right? And then I kept track of what day. So the interesting thing is I'm on the 29th of December, 2021, which is day 361, which is wrong because 362 will be the 30th, 360. I'm missing a day. At some point during the year, I I stole your day. At some point during the, I, I fucked up the count so I kind of want to go back through the, the journals and see which day I forgot. You just started it on day, on the wrong number. I, that's also possible. I could have started it on the wrong day. Um, Technically, but, extra day or something. But yeah. no, I feel I feel good about it because I, I, um, I went into this with the idea that I wanted to get into the habit of starting my day doing something productive. And... I've, I because I've I've made it to the end now and I've actually I've done it so I feel like now that is my habit like if I get up and just immediately go to you know play video games or eat breakfast it just it feels wrong so yeah. I wake up and before I do anything else I'm like I'm like okay I gotta clean up around the house pick up you know dishes load the dishwasher you know wash some pots and pans I it's now in my mind that that's the habit that I need to do something productive before and that was my goal. When I set that resolution, so I, I may try to do it again um, in 2022. Yeah, either step it up or I've I've established this habit now. If there's a new habit that I want to establish, like maybe doing, you know, making sure that I do like an hour long workout three or four times a week, um, maybe I'll I and I'll keep a log of that. I don't know, but I just I found it very successful, especially because I was logging it down. Um, I found that that, that was a, a much better way for me to, um, keep track of things. Cause if ever there was like two days in a row where I did nothing, um, then I'm like, Oh God, I really need to like, I need to get my ass in shape because I knew that I was coming close to that. It's three times in a rolling seven days that I could do nothing. Yeah. So I, I'd already used up two, two of them. Um, so for me, gonna be a bit different this year oh because essentially my year is starting with 
a boot camp that will last the entire year. Uh, there is just stuff going on in my life at the moment that uh, just it, it's going to be a far harder year this year. Mm. And so just managing to stay positive from day to day, I think, is going to be kind of the goal. <laughs> it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot more stuff going on. Um, but it's for the good of my future. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of what my year is going to be. My resolution is going to be just staying positive and getting through this year. Keeping your eyes on the prize. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's going back to what I said at the very beginning of this podcast, when we were talking about fear. um, I feel like that is, if you, if you can get through it, which, Mm. and you can stay positive through it, I think going through struggles like that actually do make you come out better on the other side. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, back in the first part, I was like, man, I basically haven't ridden a bike in my life. And I'm going to have to do that, like, most days from now on. Hmm. Um, that's like a tenth or less of what I need to worry about in my day. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, that's it. It's one Sorry, of those. It's a bit dark, but you know. it's, it's 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 a bit dark. But let just um a kind of an anecdote. A few years back, this I think this was I worked at this place from twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen until. Late 2016, early... No, no, it was late 2017. I worked there for about two years. And um, basically what ended up happening was, like, my boss got fired. Some other people quit. And Mm. essentially a four-person department became me. And they were like, all right, you're the only one left. And it was... It's not like it was a department that could just be kind of phased out. It was essential for the operation of the company. And so... I just kind of got shot up from being just like a normal engineer up to running the whole group. And yeah, it was hell. It was absolute hell going through it. But on the, when I came out on the other side, like a normal job felt like easy after that. Yeah. This is my anime montage moment, except for me, it's not a montage. I'm actually doing the fucking stream. <laughs> you, you can't fast forward through it. You've just, you've got to go yeah. through it. You guys are going to hear once a week me being like, oh, it's hell. <laughs> You're going to come out of it with bright yellow stuck up hair and I'm going to hamikameha. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, we can we can clip it down though for for YouTube. You know, just yeah. clip it down. You you can you can live through the whole thing, but we'll just clip down your experience. Lots of lots of fast action sequences of me sitting at a desk typing, <laughs> <laughs> just getting faster each time. I realize that's not going to translate at all to the audio format. I was just rapidly <laughs> slapping my hands on the air and. It just... <laughs> By the end of it, I'll have like shades on. I'll be drinking coffee with one hand, looking the other way while I'm typing. While you're typing with just the other hand. Yeah. That's a that's a, that's yeah. actually a talent like uh, not a lot of people have these days. Being able to touch type. Oh yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I can. If I'm if I'm not thinking, I can do it. But mm. 
because I don't look at the I don't face down towards the keyboard or anything, but generally I'll look for the first letter and once I get the first letter it's like my hand knows where to go from where. Yeah. I can actually and I've I, it freaks people out when you do this. I can actually like type and keep typing a document while I turn and talk to somebody else. Mm. Um, and um I slow my my words per minute slows down, but I can generally do that with a fair bit of accuracy. You you look like you're looking for a ghost. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, um, I think there's a bird outside my window. <laughs> I'm just here. Woo, woo. Yeah. Oh god. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's a good. I mean, it's it's gonna be a struggle, but. Yeah, hopefully you come out on the other side better. Yeah, staying positive. That's my New Year's resolution. Uh, not a very easy thing these days. Not always, especially with the uh, the coof. Mm, the big bad coof. How's about you? Um, I'm still thinking about it, but I, I'm, I'm leaning towards doing something uh, like physically related. So either getting like, like getting coming back to England. <laughs> Hey, if they, <laughs> it's, it's your damn country that won't let me in. France let me in, but England won't let me in. Uh, I think it's more like at the moment that we will have people, but people don't want to come to England. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I wouldn't mind coming over there. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, if, if the travel restrictions lighten up, that, that might be something that I can finally do. Because, by the way, I've got so many frequent flyer miles built up. Yeah. Because I haven't been able to use them for personal travel. I, I think I have like 450,000 built up, which is enough to get me a first class ticket to anywhere in the world twice over. Jeez. So it, it just, it's, it's a ton, of, it's a ton of them built up. Um, but yeah, so if, if things lighten up, maybe in the spring, we could do a, a two year anniversary of when I would showed up there in May. Yep. That one year, I can finally give you that present from like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's had to move house with me now. <laughs> you hope you realize that. <laughs> I, I think I still have a present for you here from when I was supposed to come over. Oh damn! God, but yeah, that'll be something. But no, I think I'm probably going to either uh, set like I, I want to do something similar to what I did with this year's goal, which was keep like. Some kind of a routine thing that I keep track of. Um, and I, I did something similar in 2020, although I didn't keep track of it very well. Uh, I right. wanted to practice languages. Um, so, like, Spanish and German are my two strongest languages. And I wanted to I pick one of them and get good enough that I could actually, by the end of the year, competently read, like, a short story in another language. And yeah. I did that in 2020, but I was lazy about it. Like, it was a children's short story, and I, I kind of was really lazy in the first half of the year and then really pushed it in the second half to make sure that I made the goal. So I think I want to take what I learned this year, which is keeping a log really works, and then either apply it to something, some kind of intellectual pursuits or to something physical. Mm. Um, but we'll see. I haven't decided on exactly what. Maybe Alicia's will be by 2023. She might have finished Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe sorry, Blues. Sweetie, if you're listening. <laughs> maybe Blues will be not getting ahead of games. Yeah. 
God. <clears throat> That's why I need games that are competitive so that I can just play them over and over again and make no progress in my life. <laughs> yeah. That was something I did. Um, so I actually have two times a year where I, I set some kind of a resolution because because um, I'm Catholic, we do Lent. And you're supposed mm. to give something up. And whenever I, I... I like to do a little bit more. I don't just give something up. I like to also do something at the same time. Um, so, like, I, one year, I remember. And this is something that I had to do. Because I'm a chronic, like, rewatcher and rereader and replayer. Like, I will go back and I'll watch the same series, like, four times. Or the same movie multiple times. And it was getting to the point where I was basically never watching anything new. Or never playing mm. anything new. Um, like the original KOTOR games I think I, I at one point I was beating each of them like every year just because I, it get to be a point of like oh, I feel like playing that again and they're not they're not short games so mm -hmm. I, I think one year for Lent like I gave up rewatching and replaying and re basically anything I, I sat down to it had to be something new Um, I don't know why I started talking about that it was something to do with the games you were talking about oh yeah finishing things yeah like what <laughs> you were talking about Alicia finishing um pokemon diamond pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um yeah god i just want to play that now god I, i'm not able to oh no that's what it was you were talking about competitive games because you know yeah. you play them and play them and never make yeah. any progress um yeah which that. sounds like a bad thing but honestly Sometimes that's what you want, though. You just want to... I mean, if you think about it, that's like, you know... Any board game or anything, yeah, you don't make any real progress. You just... Board game or going out, you play play soccer, you play baseball, you know, you just... You play that one game, but you didn't... It's not like next time you're level five baseball, man, and you start out with five points. Like, you, should, you don't make any... <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. I'm laughing at my own joke, which... <laughs> It's yeah. the end of the year. But you know, the new season of NFL, they're going to have skins for each of the different players. <laughs> they can go. You know, you, you laugh about that, but uh, I remember that was what I thought when it was for some issue. I assume it was some women's thing because they were wearing pink. Um, the, yeah. Well, the cancer research thing. I don't know if it was for cancer or something. Maybe it was breast cancer. I don't know. But they were they were wearing pink like during mm -hmm. the games, and I, I my mind immediately went to oh man they got a new skin. <laughs> oh, man, can you imagine? I mean, that's honestly I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen one day, and they were just like, I mean, they basically do, don't they? Like they they change their away jerseys every every couple of years, and yeah. And they change their logos every now and again. I know this is something, so obviously... You just haven't started putting fucking anime cats on them yet. <laughs> That'll be a real spell. Only, only a matter of time before there's like some kind of a soccer team or a baseball team or something like that that has an anime cat as their logo. Yeah, the New York Giants or whatever it is suddenly have, you know... <laughs> Kipper... The big red dog, or no, Kipper the. Oh, I can't remember what Clifford. Is. His name is Clifford. Clifford. What's Kipper? Well, Kipper is a, a type of fish. <laughs> yeah, no, it's also a dog <laughs> from a children's book. Uh, anyway, yeah. But no, what I was just thinking of was, um, you know, being from Massachusetts, like the Patriots, that's the football team. 
right? That we like yeah. here. Um, and my, like, I remember talking to my dad about this. They, they've changed their logos a few times. And basically, they used to look like, um, like Minutemen, the, uh, mm. the American, you know, revolutionary people. And, yeah. But just, just just a bulky one of those in, like, the classic 1700s garb with, like, a football. My dad loved that logo. They they changed it, and now it's just, like, generic, like, red, white, and blue football helmet with, like, a thing coming off and or, like, a face. I don't know. They, they've changed it a couple times, but I remember one year that was something uh, we were trying to get my dad, like, uh, sports memorabilia that had, like, the classic logos on it. What You're laughing about something. I want to see an American football helmet in the shape of a Magikarp. <laughs> a Magikarp? <laughs> a Magikarp. What made you think of that? <laughs> to the big dumb eyes. <laughs> oh my god. I would support that team through thick and thin. What? <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone listening. It's all just gone terribly, terribly wrong. Oh, it's perfect. Oh god, it's it's the end of a podcast on the end of a very long and stressful year. <laughs> and now we're just <coughs> Oh my god. Oh, oh what? Okay, okay. Oh, I'm crying and laughing so hard. Golf balls painted to look like D20s. I, they, they, those That'd probably cool. exist somewhere, yeah. Anyway. Oh, I gotta, I gotta find it sometime and bring it. I should have brought it uh, back with me. Um, so one of my, this is a, a bit of a tangent, but it has to do with the painting. A tangent um, on this? <laughs> shut up. Um... <laughs> One of one of my uh, friends from high school, uh, he was one of those people who like was extraordinarily talented, but also extraordinarily like short attention span. Right. So, like he, we we played rock band for a while, and he decided he really liked playing the drums. Maybe I should learn the real drums. And he got really really good at the drums, and then he just stopped playing because he got bored. Yeah. Or like he he would like you know just be drawing stuff and he, he like and he's like actually he really liked doing art and drawings and got really really good at painting and doing art and stuff and then just stopped doing it. Mm. Like this was the kind of person who was like he would pick something up and get amazing at it and then just drop it. Um. You anyway, wish you were that person. <laughs> the reason no, no, I'm I am very <laughs> I'm very well aware of what I am, and I'm somebody who will get good at something very quickly, but never get great at anything. Um, but he, uh, we all you know played Halo together back in the day, mm. and when it when he was like getting good into his art phase, like he actually painted all of our Xbox 360s, like and like really high quality painting. And so I have an Xbox 360 at home. It doesn't work anymore because it was one of the original white Xboxes that all crapped out. Right. Um, but I keep it because it's just beautiful. Um, he painted two, uh, two bo- box arts from two different animes. So one side of the Xbox is from the anime Lane from the first DVD. It's not very well-known anime, but it's 
an amazing like kind of psychological fuck with your head kind of anime. Yeah. And the other side is from the first DVD for Cowboy Bebop, which is kind of the stylized red background with a black outline of Spike doing like kind of a kick. Um, and so one side is Cowboy Bebop, one side is Lane. It's and it is a near perfect duplication of the cover art. I just gave him the two DVD like boxes and within a few days he had it painted like it was gorgeous it's a i want to have it in the background there because it just it looks so cool mm. um yeah but i saw it when i was at home it was, it's still in my old bedroom back at my parents place anyway did you were talking about um art or painting or something <laughs> I honestly, I can't, I can't, this conversation has gone so far off the rails, I can't keep track of what we were even talking about. Um, Neither. Um, D&D plans for the new year? Uh, so, well, a few of them, actually. Oh, God, you got really blurry. Um, a few. So, plan to continue uh, hosting the game that my cousins are playing in. Uh, we've had a couple weeks off because of Christmas and everything. Yeah. But then also uh, the D&D game that I've been playing in with my uh, some of my college buddies for the last three years now, we realized. Mm. Um, and my character almost died in our last session. Um, but yeah, no, we've, we've actually, we did a game on Monday and we're actually doing another one today. We're, we're doing a long session today. Because yeah. uh, we're all on vacation, and so we're taking advantage of that. And instead of normally we play from seven thirty to nine, because seven thirty is when my friends' kids go to bed. Our my, mm. sorry, my DM's kids go to bed. Um, and but they're all they're off, you know, with their mother today, like uh, visiting family, and so he's yeah. got the whole afternoon to himself. And so we're having a long session. Nice. Uh, but yeah, my character got floored by the end game boss of the campaign that we're on Oof. trying to save two of our other characters who thought it would be a good idea to shoot a fireball at the end boss while surrounded and we were all half health nice um yeah um yeah i was i had like a two hour um car journey the other day and it just, I, I'm not great at creating cars, so I try to distract myself by thinking about things. So I was just mm. thinking about the D&D campaign that I'm running. Mm. And the amount of random fucking ideas I come up with, and then I progress those ideas, but they have no actual attachment to the story. So when it actually comes to writing the story, I just kind of jam these ideas together. <laughs> I mean... And it often comes out quite well. But um, I was, uh, I, I got like a message this morning at like 1am from one of my um, players and they're like so these other two players in the campaign uh, they thought my character was a raccoon for the last three sessions (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) do you you have rocket raccoon guardians of the galaxy is the campaign you're playing right now uh, no, it was like, and I even checked with her several times with it. So, so it's like a, a, a humanoid mm. with raccoon esque features. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just woke up to. They think. They, they thought I was an actual like, raccoon this whole time. Can we, can we do something about this? I'm like, 
All right, give me like half an hour and a couple of beers. <laughs> I'll work this one out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, now there's like, so what I'm doing is in the same way that werewolves work, um, where raccoons are now thing and are one of the players where they can be fully human, half human, half raccoon, or just a fucking raccoon. <laughs> And I'm making up rules for this stuff now. And it's like, I love D&D, but goddamn, it's just fucking weird. I, I, yeah, I still, one of my favorite memories from D&D is still that uh, caravan heist that I made up. Because, because what was supposed to be a travel montage of you going from one city to another, like, this was when you were still in the game. Well, like, this was my baby. This yeah. was my passion, baby. Yeah, because you... <laughs> Everyone else was in the city doing boring shit, and I was like, right. We're going to rob We're the gonna caravan. We're going to raid this armored caravan, guys. <laughs> and so I had to spend... I spent, like, quite a, quite a bit of time, like, creating characters and backstories and also what was in the different caravans and how they were arranged and making plot mm. hooks and what was going to happen on the road. I, I was quite proud of how it came out. Um, but it was entirely improvised. What should have been a travel montage from one city to another became like a three-week portion of the campaign. There was, I think, more effort I put into those three in-game days than the whole rest of the time I was in the campaign. Every day I was at work, I was like, how can I, how can I Ocean's Eleven the shit out of this even more? Yeah. A bit... And then the rest of the party was boring and wanted to leave half the loot behind. I mean, to be fair, no, there were there were some standout moments. There were some standout moments. Uh, Kevin impersonating a noble to get some inroads with some random people. Um, the foiled assassination plot. Yeah, that was unseen, unforeseen. Yeah, um, there, was, there was quite a bit to it. But I, hmm. what what that kind of made me realize is that a lot of the pre-written D&D campaign books are kind of lazy writing. Like, they're not... I, I guess they're kind of supposed to be made for, like, every audience. Yeah. So they, they can't get too deep into stuff. But it's... That alone kind of made me start wanting to... Even when I, I run, like, mainline campaign books now for D&D... Mm. I'll modify them. Like, I'll add in new characters or new depth or new lore around the world. Third to say that every DM at one point in their life has done the thing where they're like, all right, the party is essentially going to go out today, leave the city, they're going to meet a group of goblins, one of them is going to get captured, they're going to save the person who got captured, and then they're going to go back to the city. That is a tried and tested D&D episode that everyone has used when they're feeling not very creative. Yeah. Um, the problem that every DM faces, though, is that the parties will almost always derail that. And usually yeah. in the most and unexpected way. Oh, yeah, I, my, my rule as a DM, and this is something that I have done my very best to stay tried and true to, is that I will let my party do whatever they want. There will be consequences. But they, there's, I'm never going to put an invisible wall up. Yeah. 
Unless it's like unfair to one player more than another. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's it's like one player is like essentially trying to destroy the whole game. Um. Then maybe we we have to do something, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But no. D and D. Yeah, we ended up talking about D and D. I like for I was thinking if this uh, segment ran out of steam on the. Um, New Year's resolution topic. We'd be talking about, you know, a retrospective on the podcast. But you know, I can't. Well, like, my um, I can't remember. Sorry, I've been playing a board game with my brother. Which game? Cool. I want to say it's DMT. I will look it up afterwards. But basically, isn't DMT a hallucinogen? <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, it's 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 a board game that. Uh, where you are a uh, a village of a very small village of people, mm. like I think you start with like twelve people, and you choose a I think four four people who can go out each year to do a hunt, mm. and you hunt these like massive. So like the first creature you fight is a massive like lion thing. It's huge. It's got weird traits about it it's quite a gory game and so first of all you're you're you when you're hunting the creature you go through a series of small mini events Mm -hmm. and then you get to the monster and you have to fight it's essentially a uh, a boss fighting game Mm -hmm. uh super easy for your characters to die um but the number of funny things that have happened Added on to the fact that I called my character Fock Graben. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. So in, in the like for the very first fights, Fock Graben had his his hip shattered by like a, a swing from from the lion thing because my brother's character refused to use a a one time attack that could have instantly killed the creature on his turn. Hmm. So from then on, I am role-playing Fockraven as being mortal enemies of this motherfucker. Uh, my brother's wife, she got a, a trait. Uh, I don't think it was Neptune. What is it when you like love yourself? Uh, uh, narcissism. Narcissism? Yeah. She's got, she, she, she had a child with someone else. Mm-hmm. And then she got the narcissism trait. So she only cares for herself. And then she got her one her, her one piece of waist armor broken, and she's not even allowed to cover her head when she's got narcissism. Oh, so course. she's just walking around in a pair of boots, literally just boots, <laughs> being like, and she's the te- the town leader, a narcissistic nudist <laughs> with a bow and arrow and boots. So the no, town is basically being run by fucking Lady Godiva. Fockgraben took a swig from a cauldron, just a random fucking cauldron, and passed out for a year. <laughs> and he's a cripple, and no one wants to sleep with him. Um, <laughs> it's just shit like this. So, uh, but my brother just got um, tabletop simulator. Oh, and nice. Apparently, the game is on there. That's awesome. Like, there's a really good free content for it on there. Uh, and so we're gonna pick it up again with all this year. That's awesome. Yeah, sorry, I did overrun a bit. There. No, 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 that, that's fine. Like that, 
I think that's one of the it's one of the prime things that I love about those types of games, like the D and esque mm. type games, um, is that you can end up with these like fun, hilarious stories because it's not like a normal board game or a normal video game where it's kind of formulaic. You're all having a similar experience in those types of things. But with this, it's like, it's so freeform. Every story is unique and you're always like, people are going to have similar stories, but they're all going to be unique in some way. Like one of my favorite ones, but this campaign that I talked about earlier, yeah, uh, the one that I, I'm going to be playing later this afternoon um, my character being the tank and immune to disease because I'm a paladin, mm. uh, we saw something glowing in the belly of a dead Tyrannosaurus. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go in and get it. It's got to be a magic item. So I go inside and the thing wakes up. It's a zombie T-Rex. And, um, oh, yeah. our DM is like, okay, I need you to roll to uh, stay standing. And I was like, what if I don't want to stay standing? What if I just want to let myself fall and become a cannonball inside this thing's chest cavity? And and he's like, "Uh, okay. And so he just made me, he rolled for, like, I would take damage and the T-Rex would take damage every time I purposely, yeah, lost my balance. And so I ended up, and I would, I'd be like swinging at the thing with the hammer from inside of it. And I think I ended up finishing it with, like, because uh, I'm a paladin, like a divine smite. And so it, hmm. it exploded into, a th- uh, like, a, you know, a shower of gore. Every, the other party, the party had been, like, running around this thing trying to take it out, you know, from the outside and stuff like that. And then it just blows up from the inside. And I'm just there with the shiny little ring that we got from inside the thing. <laughs> yeah, I got it, guys. I got it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I can necessarily say this. But the so um, that that creature that we killed in the board game, they each have um, their own like loot drop tables for mm-hmm. different kinds of monsters. Yeah, we got a certain item which we turned into a um, like a frenzy juice. Okay, which was when it dropped. Quite surprising to see it, but we took from the lion the lion's testicles. <laughs> And that's what we've turned into a drink, and that's like a core part of the part of the imagery now. I mean, there's that's kind of like a lot of uh, like a lot of ancient societies, tribal societies. They would like bits of animals would be you know to give you vitality and power. Fill you full of spunk. Peter wouldn't like this episode, right? <laughs> that's um... Peter doesn't like anything. Um, yeah, let's end it there. This has been the end of 2021. God. Um, but yeah, we've done the podcast now continuously for 74 episodes, our first full year doing this thing. So anyone still listening, thank you for listening. Um, and we're going to continue doing this. So hopefully you will tune in again next week. Happy New Year.